If you have your Bibles, turn to Daniel chapter 3 and stand with me, please. Very familiar portion of Scripture. I'll begin with verse 13, Daniel 3, 13 in just a moment. What has led up to this point is that Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel were brought into Babylonian captivity. They, refute, they were uh, groomed to be uh, leaders and educated and trained, but they refused to sit at the king's table and eat the king's meat and drink the king's wine. It was a matter of conscience for them. That meat was sacrificed to idols. The wine was part of their luxury, uh, their saturation that they gave credit to their gods. And they took a soup diet, pulse, just soup, instead of these luxuries. And at the end of a trial period, the Bible says their countenance was greater. uh, Their wisdom was greater. They were better than all the other people in the group. And there came a point in time when King Nebuchadnezzar set up an idol of himself 90 feet high by 9 feet wide in the valley of Dura. And he commanded that at the time music is played that everyone in the kingdom, prisoner and citizen, would bow and worship the image, symbolic of worshiping him. And we found out that in Daniel 3 that when the music played, everyone except Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let that sink in. A million plus Jews, three boys, didn't bow. And here we are in verse 13. Nebuchadnezzar was furious and commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. And they brought them in before the king. And he said unto them, is it true that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I've set up? Now if you're ready, when you hear the sound of all of these instruments and every kind of music to fall down and worship the image I've made. If you do so, it'll be well with you and good. But if you do not, if you do not worship me, you will immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Notice that's a small g. That's where he missed it right there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto them, O King Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter, but we will. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king, small k, by the way. But if not, be it known unto you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you've set up. Pause right there. Be it known unto you that my God whom I serve is able to deliver me from this. Boy, you got faith to say from this. Not just from anything, but this. And he will. But if not, if something happens contrary to what I'm hoping for, believing in, something contrary to promise, if for whatever reason I am consumed, I just want you to know that I'm not going to bow down and serve your God either way. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury And the expression of his face was changed against them. And he ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated. And he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind them and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. So the three boys were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, other garments, and they were thrown into the burning furnace. And because the king's order was so urgent and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed the men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
And these three men fell bound into the burning fiery furnace. The king was astonished and rose up in haste. And he declared to his counselors, Did we not cast three of them into the fire? And they answered, That's true, O king. And he said, But I see four loosed, walking in the midst of the fire, and they're not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth one is like unto the Son of God. And Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace, and he declared, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, now watch this, servants of the Most High God, all capitals. We went from a small K to all capitals. Come out and come here. Don't you just, I don't know if some of y'all are mischievous like me. I'd have been like, he said, come out. No, you come in. I just part of me would want to do that, you know. No, really, it's come on in. Anyway, just that's extra. Don't worry about it. <laughs> then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out, and all of the satraps, the perfects, the governors, the king's counselors gathered together and examined them. And the fire had no power over them. The hair of their head was not singed, their cloaks were not harmed, no smell of fire had come upon them. And Nebuchadnezzar said, Blessed be the God, capital G, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies. Whoa. And yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any God except their God. Therefore, I make a decree any people, nation, language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn in half limb from limb, and their house is laid in ruins, for there is no other God who's able to rescue in this way. And the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. You may be seated this morning in the presence of the Lord. As Christians, we can relate to the word fire. Malachi 3 tells us that God is a refiner. Uh, uh, like a refiner of silver. He will purify his priest. And we know that we're kings and priests unto God. In Matthew 3, John the Baptist tells us that Jesus would baptize his believers, his children, his um, kindred, I should say, with the Holy Spirit and with fire. By experience, we understand that there are many fires in this life which try, purify, and verify us as God's children. There are the common fires of weakness, struggle, disappointment, unhappiness, and futility. There are the hotter fires of opposition, alienation, false accusation, and outright persecution. Then there's the white hot fire of waiting on God and seemingly unanswered prayers. But this morning, I want to talk to you about a specific type of fire, the all or nothing fire. The kind Elijah welcomed when he invited the Israelites and Baalites to Mount Carmel and said, the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And if God be God, then serve him. And if Baal be God, then serve him. The kind of fire King David experienced when he accepted the invitation of Goliath. Goliath said, no need in all of us fighting. Just one of you step up. And if he conquer me, we'll be your slaves. And if I conquer him, you and your wives and your children will be our slaves. All or nothing. The kind Jesus faced in the garden when he cried out, if there's any other way than the cross, any any other way, I'll take it. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. 
In this portion of Scripture, there are only two options given, but three possible results. The two options, bow or burn. The three results that are available. You can avoid the fire, you can die in the fire, or you can survive it. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. You can avoid it by pulling back your consecration and your commitment to God and blend in with the world under the mantra, save yourself. You can die. There are people that give their life as martyrs. Or you can come out. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject, coming out better than you went in. Coming out better than you went in. Can I tell you a funny story before I get started? I just feel it. I feel like I ought to tell you. There was a man, a very, very wealthy man who had a beautiful daughter and he offered her uh, for marriage and invited all the suitors over, but he wasn't just going to give her away. And by the way, this is not in my notes. It just came to me. So I'm assuming it's divine. I'm hoping it is. And the guys came and said, so all of you would like to take my daughter's hand in marriage. Yeah, first of all, she was fine. She was beautiful. Second of all, he's real wealthy. So you just go right into privilege, right into privilege. And he said, and all you have to do is swim across the length of this pool. Uh, it was a Olympic-sized swimming pool filled with snakes, gators, a couple gators in there, electric eel or two, floating spiders. Y'all ever seen a floating spider? I don't do spiders, man. I ain't scared of but two kinds, dead and alive. That's it. Outside of that, I'm good. Just, fit, just let your imagination run wild. It was all swimming in there. So there's seven guys, the number of perfection. They're all standing at the pool. He said, first one to the other side gets the girl. And it ain't come out of his mouth. And you heard, he's on the other side. The king said, I ain't. The man said, I ain't never seen in all my life. That's that fast, that, that courage, that determination. Just come address the people. What would you like to say? He said, who pushed me? <laughs> Got to the other side. Now I got to make this fit my sermon. Hold on. Hold on. You can't get pushed into these fires as a Christian. You see them coming. You count the cost. And I believe the Lord has a word for us this morning. All or nothing. Now turn it around. Nothing or all. Father, I pray this morning. I humble myself before you. I pray, O oh Lord, that you would anoint me by your Holy Spirit. Help me to say what you've put on my heart. Let this be the culmination of the last two weeks of speaking about the negative side of persecution and how heavy that can be. But God, let us see this part too. And let us see the word all written over our lives by the hand of God Almighty. The devil says you could lose it all, but you tell us we can gain it all. And I pray, O oh Lord, for courage and character and conviction in your people, that we would stand in this last day when everyone's kneeling and bowing to the world. Stand, stand out, stand apart, stand up, and stand strong for the Lord our God. And let there be miraculous outcomes for your glory, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Number one, the all or nothing fire is inevitable. First Peter four says, beloved, think it not strange, the fiery trial, which is to try you. If you avoid it, it doesn't mean it's uh, not inevitable. It just means that you've bypassed. Everyone that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You will be tried by fire. God loves to use fire. That's why when Jesus said, oh, and John said, Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. In some Pentecostal circles, they think fire means being happy and having a spell. And Anybody raised that way? You've been in church and they go, I got the Holy Ghost and that with the burning fire and they're happy. No, 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 no. Fire burns. Fire don't make you happy. Fire consumes whatever you put on the altar before God, it dies. And fire burns away temporal things and leaves the things that can remain, which are eternal things. It's inevitable for you, but it is avoidable. That's number two. It's avoidable. All you have to do is bow. All you have to do is take back your vows. Some of you made vows as a teenager. And now in your 20s, you're not living them. You made vows in your 20s and now you're 40 and you have all the reasons and rationalizations and excuses. Everyone that bowed when King Nebuchadnezzar played that music had a reason. There were some that said, Lord, I'm, I'm really not bowing. I'm just going to tie my loafer here just a minute. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I know you want me to take care of my family and be safe and survive. And so I'm really not bowing. You know my heart. It is not your responsibility to save yourself. It's your responsibility to lose your life in God and give your life to him. And if he can't preserve it, it's not going to be preserved. All you have to do is bow. Take back your vows. Blend in with the crowd. Save yourself. You could tell Simon Peter was at the point of denying the Lord, when he warmed his hands at the fire of the world, all the guards outside, they're beating Jesus, they're mocking him, they're maligning him, and he's finding comfort in the world that's killing his Lord. Well, the Lord wants us to be friend of sinners. Yes, but they're not our friends. We come out from among the world separate Touch not the unclean thing, God says. And we take all the misunderstanding and all the false accusation. You think you're better than everyone. You're a holy roller. You're righteous. You think you're religious. No, I'm following Jesus outside the camp, bearing his reproach. This fire is avoidable. It's seen by every believer, but only experienced by a few. These are the fires that separate those who profess faith and those who possess faith. The professors of faith don't see the necessity of purification. They don't see the necessity of cost. They're glad Jesus paid, but they don't, they, because grace is free, they don't think there's a cost that follows. I'm not paying a cost to be accepted. I'm paying the cost willingly because I am accepted. Two totally different things. We want a grace that cost us nothing on either end. The grace given to me by God was free, but it cost to work it out and live it out in this evil and adulterous generation. So the all or nothing fire is inevitable, but it also is avoidable. It has repetitive outs. 
Maybe you didn't hear the music, the king said. It was made known to him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't bow. So picture this. The streets are busy. Commerce is going on. Legislation is going on in the government. And all of a sudden, there's this huge... Well, of course, it sits in the Valley of Durham. And this idol is there. And the music plays. And wherever you are, you stop what you're doing. You're making a deposit at the bank. You stop. The teller stops. Everybody in the land hits the ground. And there's three Hebrew boys that are standing. So it was easy. Let me just tell you, it's easy. It's easy to see who loves the Lord. It's not that they're better. They may not be as kind as the person that bowed. They may not be as good-natured. They just won't turn away from the Lord when it cost them something. They just stand. So the king brought them in and said, is it true? You who are in my inner court here, training you, educating you, I could have you out on the slave line, connected foot to foot, building buildings, and I'm treating you like sons. Is it true that you won't? I tell you what, I'm going to give you one more chance. And he brings in the musicians to play again. It's just like the devil. The dilemma for the Christian is not that we have to pass the test. It's that we have to pass it over and over and over and over. You'll always have a repetitive out. You you know, you got somebody at work you really don't like and you hold your tongue on Tuesday. You know they're going to go crazy Wednesday morning. You You don't just hold your tongue and pass the test and they come in. I really admire you for your walk in faith in Jesus Christ. And I saw how you didn't respond to me. So I'm going to treat you very uprightly from this point forward. Okay, bye-bye. King James, amen. They're not, it's not going to happen. We have to keep reliving our vows. Can you imagine Satan coming to Eve in the garden? He said, Eve, mother of all living things, have you considered this apple? It'll make you wise. Make you like God. It's really good too. Tastes good. Free. I will not. I will not disobey the voice of the Lord God. All right, never mind. I really thought of, never mind. Leave her alone. No, 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 no. He's coming back the next day. Eve, mother of all living things, have you considered apple butter? How about apple jam? How about apple pop tarts? How about apple bread, apple cobbler? It's frustrating to us as believers because we think, well, maybe I just passed the test. It's a lifetime proving It's approving. The fires winnow the crowd. Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And narrow is the way that lead unto life. And few there be that find it. You know you are of his stock when you are willing. It doesn't mean your flesh desires it. But you're willing to pass repetitive test. I know I'm not the only one in here. I never got back too much change before I was a Christian. Never. I can go to the store now and spend $4 and they give me a $100 bill back. You know. Before you'd have been like, you know, <laughs> kazam! Put it in your pocket. You, now you, uh, you gave this, you gave me too much. You gave me too much. There's always, always the testing. Are you really who you say you are? Are you really who you say you are? And y'all are looking so sanctified at me this morning. It gets old to me. It gets old to tell everybody the truth. Does this dress make me look big? Yes, yes, yes. Do you like my hair this way? 
No. No. You're dating somebody new. What do you think about him? Could be the Antichrist. <laughs> Sorry. Trust those people that know, love you and know you. They, when you're in love, you just don't see nothing. Have you seen that warlock hat he wears? Is it, have you noticed that? All right. The num- number four, the all or nothing fire is arranged by the angry king of this world. The Bible tells us that Satan is the prince of the air, the current loaned authority for this world. And he was furious. Oh, he hates you to start with. But when you pass the test and choose to save your own skin, you remind him of Jesus. When all Jesus had to do was come down off the cross and save himself. They said he saved others. Didn't even realize they were prophesying. Pagan men prophesying. He saved others. All he had to do was call 12 legions of angels. Come down off the cross. And we understand that the goal of the Christian is not to save ourselves but to honor God, and it makes him so furious. Look at what he does. He was filled with rage, and he says, heat the furnace seven times hotter. Do you know what that's a type of? It's, it's, it's a type of what the devil does for you, and it, some of you are going to get answers to questions. You're like, why is this going on? Well, so time out. Let's back up. If the original fire can kill you, he's not going to build one that can't kill you, so this is a good fire, make it seven times hotter. It's called overkill. And the point of it is not to kill you. The point of it is to intimidate you and terrify you and cause you to panic. What is a seven times hotter fire? I'm going to kill your child. You better, I'm going to kill her. I'm going to take her into the world and I'm going to kill your baby. All of a sudden, this panic comes on you from nowhere. Uh, you go in and they find a spot on you. And the doctor uh, doesn't know yet. And he said, I'm, I'm, I'm killing you. I'm taking you out. Your wife doesn't look at you the same way or your husband doesn't look at you the same way because you're falling in love with the Lord and there's distance. You're going to lose your home. You're going to lose your husband. You're going to lose your babies. Heat it seven times hotter. And you need to understand that A seven times hotter fire doesn't kill you any quicker. He's trying to scare you. And the truth is, what's going to happen is going to happen. It don't take a seven times hotter fire. We don't escape this world without trial or test. Some lives are cut short. Some marriages don't make it. But that's not the point. The point is in Christ, you're good. He just wants you to take back your vow. So he can shake his fist at God and say, there's another one that serves you as long as it don't cost them. Skin for skin, he said for Job. Skin for skin. The king of this world often utilizes other peoples. He ordered some of the strongest men in the army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. Sometimes the devil uses people's words. Sometimes their actions, sometimes their inactivity. Where was the friends that stood up and said, don't do this to them? Sometimes it's their absence. I'll tell you something else funny I found in this. Where's Daniel? Daniel's the one that come up with the idea, we're going to eat soup. They followed suit. You remember? 
Make sure in your fire that you don't start comparing yourself with other people and some other Christians are just skipping down the road, got the world on the string and they're happy and you're bound hand and foot staring at a 130 foot fire and Daniel Manuel, I can't stand him. Daniel got his own problems. He's about to be lion food. Keep your eyes off other people. You will make unfair, incorrect, and misinformed comparisons when you don't know all the details. You might not be going through at the same time I am, but you got your fires, I got my fires. Don't envy someone else's life. Those of you who lived a while, you know, oh, if I'd have known all that, I'd have never envied you all these years. Number five, and there's only six, by the way. We good, we good. The all or nothing fire reveals Jesus. So picture, if you will, I want us to kind of watch it as a movie now. When he said, I'm gonna give you one more chance. And they said, never mind. King, small K, we're not careful to answer you in this matter. You asked us, did we bow? No. Our God, not my mama's God, not my daddy's God, not Pastor John's God, our God, whom we serve. I don't just talk about him. I don't have a mental ascent that says, I believe that Jesus is God. I serve him in the morning, serve him in the noonday, and I serve him in the evening. The God whom I serve is able. You don't know him like I know him. He's the God that parts red seas. He's the God that rains manna from heaven and feeds the children of Israel. He opens a rock, a mountain in the wilderness, and slakes the thirst of millions of Jews at a time. Cloud by day, fire by night, sends down fire from heaven on Mount Carmel and, and, and burns sacrifice. I, I, God, whom we serve, he's able, more than able. He's not worried about you at all. He's able to deliver us from this burning fiery furnace and if you're taking notes if there are any stenographers on earth or in heaven i believe he will deliver us out of your hand O king that's my stand of faith this is where positive confession meets reality you are to confess with your mouth god's promises god expects you to stand in faith believing but don't buy into this. If you look at the possible reality on the other side, that means unbelief. That means stronger faith. It's not unbelief. My God whom I serve is able and he will. Period. Period. But if not, I just want you to know if this don't work out like I thought, if the marriage doesn't stay together, if the tumor is not benign but malignant, if I lose my job or retirement, I want you to hear me and hear me well. I'll never turn my back on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what I want you to know. It's not a conditional faith. You live long enough. You are probably going to have in your back pocket like I do a couple of big losses where you would have swore it would have worked out one way and it didn't. But if you live long enough like me, you'll compare the one or two things in your pocket with the panoramic resplendent glory that follows the child of God that lives for him. I'm blessed. I just want you to know I'm blessed. I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the field. 
I'm blessed in my coming out and my going in from this day forward and forevermore. Whatsoever I do, God said, is going to prosper. The ungodly are not so. They don't have that confirmation. And yes, I have some unanswered questions. And yes, I have some sorrows. And I have some limps that I will carry with me till I get home. But my relationship with Christ is not for sale, nor can you threaten me out of it. It reveals Jesus. So they threw the boys in the fire. Now, I, I have not only a daft sense of humor, Saber, but I also, I think around stuff. I think through this. How you throw them in a fire seven times hotter? Some historians say the fire was 160-something feet tall. First of all, who measures the fire? I don't want to be on that committee. You know, hold the tape, Earl. Hold it. You know, how do you figure out? How do you... Where's, is there a door? Do you throw them over the top and, you know, they hit the wall and come back this way and you got to keep throwing them higher like trying to get something in a dumpster? So, I don't know. I just think about this stuff. See, you don't have it bad. I have little voices that talk all the time. And five out of the seven of them really like y'all. <laughs> really like you. So, however, maybe the king had an insulated peephole or something. I don't know. But they threw them in. And I'll get to these guys in a minute. The mighty men died instantly. You ever got close to fire and you get one of those? Well, they died. Not were overcome by heat. They died. And they threw them in there and immediately they stood to their feet and the king saw them. He's confused. You got to catch this. This is the most powerful man in all the region, maybe the world at that time. And he says, instead of just deciding for himself, he goes, counselors, <laughs> advisors, come here. You know he's over middle age. This is proof. How many did we throw in there? <laughs> Anybody else struggle with that besides me? Somebody give you a number. This is my phone number. And you can't remember two digits to put in your phone and have to ask them again. He said, just in case I'm wrong, how many, how many we throw in there? Three. And he said, well, there's four in there. And the fourth one doesn't look like a man. He looks like a, a divine being. So why would God give us this? Not so we can just say there's a fourth man in the fire and sing a song about him. Your fires reveal Jesus to you. Look at this. He reveals Jesus to you in a way you've never known before. My true fires introduced Jesus to me as my sufficiency. When I couldn't make it, and I made it anyway. Your fires, your individual fires are going to let you see Christ in a way you've never... Who's ever seen Jesus walking in fire before? See, it's a new experience. What the Lord wants you to see is... You're going to see a new side of him in this. No preacher can tell you. No, nobody can tell a story that will touch having an experience like this. It reveals the awareness of Jesus. He must have knew what they were going through to join them. 
It reveals the nearness of Jesus. I see four of them in one grouping. It reveals the faithfulness of Jesus. That in every trial, he's not only aware and not only with me, but he's for me in this. It reveals the control and the power of Jesus. All of a sudden, things that are combustible are not combusting. And you'll realize what killed your friend didn't kill you and how you make it. Because see, the child of God knows that greater is he that's in him than he that's in the world. And you're an overcomer. God's controlling stuff. Even, even the thing that's out of control, he's controlling it. That's the faith of the believer. Just because it's an uncharted land doesn't mean that God doesn't have a chart. It reveals our identification with Jesus. That's my favorite one. You know what him showing up in the fire meant? I go with you. When we go home today, I go home with Grandma. I go home with Kelly. And by the way, it's good to have my mama with me this morning. I'm always honored to have her here. I got the the four most important women in my life sitting right there. I identify with them. Identify, and that's my yaw-yaw too. Identify with them. So in your fires, you have to see the simplicity of this and the power of this. Jesus says, I go with him. What you do to him, you do to me. Did you catch that? You threw him in the fire, you threw me in the fire. And I'm not going to forget it. That's why he tells you, don't ever worry about being revengeful. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I'll repay. You ain't got to set nobody straight. I'm watching. And after the fire, it reveals the intentions of Jesus. And finally, number six, the all or nothing fire brings about great change. Oh, I hope I do this last point justice this morning. All or nothing fires. And please distinguish this morning. There's a slow burn for a Christian. Not being invited to lunch. And they all go, hey, I want to go to lunch, go to lunch. And there's, you go. That's the slow burn. You know, everybody gets a birthday invitation. You don't get one. And after a while, it really starts working out better because you ain't got to be the one standing there. You know, the designated driver with 65 keys in your pocket. You know, after a while, it works out a lot better. But there's slow burns like disappointment and disillusionment. But this one, when you are put in a situation where it is all or nothing, it ushers you into a level of freedom hitherto you've never even dreamt about. What did they do to the boys before they threw them in? Bound them hand and foot and threw them in the fire. So big guys. Little boys. Most commentators believe the boys were about 13, 14, somewhere between 13 and 17 years old. And so threw them in the fire. The men died instantly. And they hit the fire. Jesus did not turn the temperature down. It immediately consumed the ropes. The only thing they lost in the fire was the ropes that bound them. What is that symbolic of? Anything the world can do to you, that fire removes all power from it. Nothing you can do to me. We won't talk to you. Don't talk to me. Not a part. You, your ropes are no longer effective on me. There is a freedom that comes. 
in marriage, it's a privilege, but it's a freedom. When we said, I'll reserve myself for you and only you as long as I shall live. There is a commitment there that frees me from having to blind date, speed date, group date. I've been on a blind date, wished I was blind after the date, you know. It frees you. And some of you are concerned today because the devil is wincing down on the knots and you're confined. See, there's a period before you go in the fire where you can't go anywhere. Your movement's restricted. You would call it darkness, a feeling of helplessness. I I, I don't have anybody to identify with. I'm by myself. And he wants to show you how real the ropes are and how powerless they are after the fire. And so they threw him in. Lisa, would you mind coming up this morning? Do you mind? It changes, well, it it, it changed their perspective. These fires that some of you are experiencing, wayward children, physical struggles, threats of loss, and I'm not being funny here, so, that, that part's passed. I just want to ask you. Have you ever tried to bring people in with you to help you and you can't? You walk these, even though there were three boys in there, it was a separate fire. No one can console you. No one can help you. It's an altogether burning, consuming test. But it changes. It not only frees you. Wow, when you come out, There's a freedom found there that would have never happened through education or study. It's experiential freedom. And secondly, it changes how you view things. Going into the fire, they saw King Nebuchadnezzar. Even though they small K'd him, you know, he he was the king. And after the fire, you see our officials, our government, our kings, our... There's one king, one king. You may have a different assignment than me, but every knee in this place is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. It changed how they saw Nebuchadnezzar. It changed how they saw their enemies. How these people that are trying to participate in our destruction... They melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. Changed how they saw this world and the one to come. It changed how they were viewed by others. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire, uh, it said that they crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their head was singed. Their clothes were not scorched. They didn't even smell like smoke. And I am not the story, but I... I only know mine. People wrote me off, Jack. And they wrote me off through an educated decision. They looked at what happened. They looked at my physical condition. They looked at my mental condition. They looked at my spiritual condition. They looked at my weakness and said, He can't make it. But God has intentions in this fire. And when you come out, you don't boast in yourself. 
They examine you. And they say, you, you ain't depressed no more? Mm-mm. John, you look younger today in your countenance than you did 10 years ago. You come here. That fire didn't kill you? Mm-mm. I lost some things, but I lost nothing eternal. Nothing eternal. They're going to examine you. And their perspective is going to change. They ha- if you'd have took a, a poll of how many people thought they were going to make it out of this fire, the answer would have come back zero. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but you're going to prove them wrong, baby. You're going to prove them wrong. It brought glory to God. The king said, there's no other God like this one. Their God is the God, and it brought promotion to them. Uh, Give them a higher position. And if anybody says anything about their God, rip them in pieces. I think God have took the fire over being ripped in pieces. So it brought glory to God, and it brought promotion to them. I want to answer the question that someone's asking this morning. Why? Why? It's to glorify God and to take you to a higher place. It's to glorify God and take you to a higher place. It's to glorify God and take you to a higher place. When you come out of the fire, promotion comes because that person has proven themselves. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but I believe the Lord wants me to tell you, you were thrown in, but you're walking out. I feel (laughs) against your will. Against their will in, in their own will coming out. Because he had to ask them, will you come out? Did you see? That's not just semantics. Against their will going in, and they choose. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, would y'all come out, please? At my speed and at my leisure, yes. Just run in your finger, take up a little fireball. (laughs) No weapon formed against you can prosper. I'm torn between wanting to jump off this thing and have a fit and talk to you. You may have been alienated yesterday, but you're going to be celebrated tomorrow. You may have been thrown inbound, but you're coming out loosed. You may go in with common clothes, but you're coming out with royal clothes. You may have went in unsure, but you're coming out untouchable. There's an aura about people that make it through hell and high water. It's almost like you come back from the dead. What are they going to do to people that have come back from the dead? Absolutely nothing. And there comes a time after certain fires where the Lord commands peace. And it says, and the enemies of Israel came no more against them. After certain fires, that's just it. Now, you still have the world to deal with, but you've proven yourself. If it does not kill you, now you know your pastor's balanced. It can. But then you get a martyr's crown. You hear me? If it does not kill you, it cannot hurt you. And if it does not kill you, it cannot keep you. And if it does not kill you, it can no longer scare you. So how did they survive? Did Jesus put like a a bubble around them? 
did the fire lick all over them? Did they just walk and the fire move out of the way? I don't know. But I know spiritually what it means for us. They did not burn because they were already burnt up. And burnt wood doesn't burn. They had burned slowly in captivity. They had denied themselves. They prayed. You know how Daniel got thrown in the lion's den? When the decree came out, you couldn't pray anymore. And he opened up his windows and faced the north just three times a day like he always did. It said, like he always did. You do what you're going to do. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. You need to understand for that person that wonders this morning, if you're going to make it through this one, the big one, you're going to make it because burnt wood doesn't burn. I believe the Lord gave me that for you. I've never heard that. You're going to make it. God is with you. You're coming out. You either come out of this fire or you come into heaven. And either way, you win. You know what's important? Don't let them see you sweat. Don't let them see you afraid. The Bible said, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries, it's an evident token to them of their judgment and your liberty. I want to take about 60 seconds, talk to you, pray for you, and let you go home. There's a lot of me that died during my fire. There's parts that are gone. But I want to look you in the face and tell you, I've never enjoyed my life more, (laughs) ever, ever. When you come out, you're just so different. (laughs) You're just, you just don't worry about stupid stuff no more. You used to be like, they're not talking to me. Talk to myself. I'm, you just, they, they didn't shake my hand. I shake my own hand. I'm not, you just, when you come out, you don't worry about the trivial things. And God is not allowing fires like this to harm you. They're not intended to harm you. He'll let the devil rage and spit in your face so that when you're preserved, you will have an understanding of how small he is and how great your God is. And your words will carry power with them. Your testimony will be strong. So, everyone look this way. You're coming out. You're either coming out or going home. You're coming out. The fire had no power. Well, what if the fire killed him? God allowed it. God's the one with the power. God's the one with the power. And he wants you to know this morning, you're not coming out like you went in. You were down here. You're going to come out here for the glory of the Lord. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? All or nothing. I'm asking you, all or nothing. Whosoever does not forsake everything and everyone that he has for my sake, which that means willing to lose it, cannot be my disciple. It's all or nothing. Sir, there isn't anything more powerful you can do as a man 
than push all your chips to the center of your life and say, I'm all in, God. All in. And then you turn to the devil and say, if you don't believe me, call me. Call me. The greatest rewards come from all in. I told you about Elijah on Mount Carmel. God answered by fire. I told you about King David that charged Goliath. He killed Goliath. The Philistines became servants to the Israelites. And King David was the greatest king that ever lived on the earth. And Jesus came out of the all or nothing fire as not only our sacrifice, but our resurrected Lord. If that's you this morning, you're at a place of all or nothing. Maybe you've already done it, you know, years back, but this is for you that I'm at that place. And I want the Lord to know that it's all for me, not nothing. I just want you to stand where you are in the sight of God. I'm all in, Lord. All in, Lord. No holding back. No holding back. All in. Come what may. Come what may. All in. All in. God bless you. those of you that are standing this won't take but a moment and there may not be many it may be you're really afraid you're standing but you're fearful I want you to just come to the front we're going to pray for you that you would be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might if that's you just come It can be a a, a variety of things and it's not important that we know what it is. But fear is something you struggle with in this. The rest of you can be seated this morning. And thank you for the spirit of reverence. We don't want to distract or be leaving or anything I want a select group of people to come pray with these. If you have went through all or nothing and you're still with the Lord, I want you to come stand behind them. Guy with a guy, girl with a girl. Come on, come on. Don't hesitate, come on. All they're going to do, this arm on your shoulder is somebody else that's prayed where you've prayed. They've prayed where you've prayed. There's a lady here that needs prayer. Come on, guys. We need other people to pray for them. Come on.
I need someone with this guy here. Jeff, if you come. A lady up here in the front, please. Come pray with her. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He's going to direct your path. He's going to direct you. Those in the altar, will you look this way? I just wanted you to come stand in the front. That's your way of saying, God... I'm I'm down here. I want everyone's attention so I can share this with you. There's no record whether they were scared or not. They went in. My bet, if they're teenage boys, they were terrified. They were going in and they were bold. I waited all morning to tell you, Sherry, it ain't how you go in, it's how you come out. It's how you come out. It ain't how you go in, it's how you come out. Free, stepping over dead people. A king, making sure you're okay with him. Here, here's you some new clothes. Here's promote. See, God is going to elevate his children in the sight of the world. Some before and some after his return. You're going to be good. You're going to be fine. Because the Lord your God is in the midst of thee and he is mighty. Now, when they came out, the last thing, and I promise to let you go. When they came out, four didn't walk out. Three walked out. You're not always going to feel him. You're not always going to turn around and have a divine manifestation. You know he's with you because you keep coming out of stuff. (laughs) We just keep coming. Sis, come here. I just want to pray for you. Come here. Come here. Church family, would you stand with us as we get ready to go out from this place? Our eyes on the Lord, our hope in the Lord, our trust 
in the Lord. We cannot control how the chips fall. Just trust the Lord. And if you watch the end of the life of the one that trusts the Lord, the Bible says, they shall never be ashamed, period. Amen? Father, as we go out from this place, give us heaven's perspective. Give us divine courage. Give us boldness in the hour to stand and not bow to fit in with this world, that we might stand with you and for you. May we experience divine deliverance or may we open our eyes in the presence of the king and he say, you passed the test either way. Blessed be your great name today, O Lord. And I speak over this house and everyone in this audience at the all or nothing fire, let it be said of all of us that we received all. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.